amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Post-Match Raw, the Cup Edition. I am Guy, your usual host, and... I'm here to talk about the first leg of the semi-final, but I'll introduce my guest before we get into the game. Dave, how are you doing, Dave? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm just conscious of the fact people may be able to hear my dog snoring, but they'll have to put up with it. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the show. As long as we don't hear you snoring, I think we're good. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Might be a better show without me, to be fair. Um, anyway, you heard Jim chuckling in the background there. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing fine. Can you turn the dog's mic up a bit? Can't quite hear him. Yeah, I might. I'll, move, I'll move over him. <laughs> oh, Christ. Right, so we won the game, but as we'll get through, it wasn't the easiest route to a win, ladies and gentlemen. It was a bit of a tough one, but Jim, I'll start with you. Obviously, we do tend to look at the starting 11s first, and Liverpool, we've got loads of people missing from AFCON, Asia Cup, injuries, suspensions... Um, just playing every game possible in a season again, which is not <laughs> horror-inducing at all. Um, but what what did you make of our team? Yeah, I think every time I've done a Raw, I've been saying, oh, we've only had four uh, recognised outfield players on the bench, and then three, and now it was down to two, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically the team was, the, the 11 that started are one of the two outfield players, uh, Nunez and Gapo, that didn't start. And I think... Yeah, I think as we saw, I think the team that ended was closer to the team that should have started, maybe. Um, pretty much as I would have expected. I think 
Kelleher is going to get in goal for this competition. So you expect that. Um, and it was a good enough team. I think Bradley impressed me tonight, but you know, it shows how bad the injury crisis basically is that, um, the last right back standing is playing at left back. So, so Connor Bradley's had to come in, um, kind of as you expect and, and really I think um, Gravenberch I think when we saw him on Saturday we thought there's a little bit of sign there a little bit of promise maybe he's not been as bad as he has been which isn't saying he was great but he was you know there was a little bit of an improvement and then um, so you think well okay give him give him a chance and give him a chance see if he takes it with both hands and he didn't so um, fair enough you've got to give players a go you've got to give him a chance now and again and just it's up to them to do the other bit though isn't it and take the chance which they didn't um but yeah on the whole i think it's kind of the side in some ways lots about it we would have seen him and we've talked about elliot being the the one to replace salah um it's not quite been working so far for some reason i mean he, he was good against west ham in the last round but he's not been as good you know since so i think i think this this is something you know again though how, how long do you, do you wait with that for how long do you persevere with that before you say um you know, try something different. But yeah, I mean, I think Clark really, I think he even said it, a bit of an interview with him before the game. I mean, someone was talking about him starting Bradley and Klopp said, well, who else is there? And it wasn't, it wasn't having a go at Bradley. I think Klopp was just really pointing out how thin on the ground we are. And it'll be interesting, you know, away from this match, you know, with the break that we've got coming up and things, let's see what happens. Are we going to just hope all these players come back or are we going to do a bit of spending to get some backup? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is as in what we should do, but I think I know what the answer is on what we will do, which is we'll do nothing. Yes, I think that will be the answer, but hopefully at least the full-backs are meant to be back this month, aren't there? And I think Dom should be back this month, so... Yeah, that's it. We'll figure all about this soon, won't we? We'll be uh, sad that we can't fit more room in the team at once. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Dave on Scouted today obviously did the quick preview for this game, and the main question mark was seemingly the fullback positions and what formation we'd play. And I think you and Carl agreed if we did stick with a four-three-three, it probably would be Gravenberg. But what 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 did you make of the the fullback and the midfield decisions? Well, he got the midfield decision wrong. I mean, there's just no way around it. I didn't pick Gravenberg in my midfield at any stage, so. No, no, don't put Carl's nonsense on me. Um, but the fullback decision he got right, Connor Bradley was was really, really good. He, he bit of a a shaky start. I don't think he was helped by the fact that his centre backs looked a little bit off. Virgil clearly wasn't a hundred percent, and he had the unfortunate slip in their goal, which not his fault at all. He just slipped. But uh, I thought from then on he grew into it. In second half, I. I he was a one-man wrecking crew there in that flank. I think Sam Maguire tweeted with about 10 minutes to go, he was 5 of 5 in tackles. I think he won a couple more after that. That's really, really impressive. Picked up a good free kick for us. Inter- interchange with Gakpo well when Gakpo started drifting to the right-hand side. And just made clever runs and, and very nearly got an assist after doing really well to get himself back on side, making a second run. And getting the ball into Darwin, I, I thought Connor Bradley was a big, big plus for us. So switched tonight. on, isn't he? He's so switched yeah. on. He, 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 and not like but he's he's like Robbo. You know? Like he's so yeah. like Robbo in in everything he does. The, even the way he runs, I always think Andy Robertson when he's running full pelt down the wing. Do you know when you see a child who's made a homemade cape? and decided that that cape means they can run faster than the wind. And they put their arms back and their head down and they go charging. That's what he runs like. And 
he's got that tenaciousness that Robbo has. He's he's a tough kid as well. And I was so impressed by him tonight and so happy to see him have such a good performance because like he's going up against Willian, who's a really like I know he's not got the pace anymore, he's not the player he was, but he's a really crafty, really talented player. And he was trying to lure Bradley into a couple of challenges to try and win some free kicks. And Bradley wasn't biting on it. He was timing everything really well. Just a really, really good performance from him. Really, really good performance from Curtis Jones as well. I mean, we've come on so many of these pods since the change to the box midfield last year. And we've talked about how, how good Curtis Jones has been. But I feel like starting with the West Ham game a few weeks ago, because he was playing well at the start of the season, then he got sent off, then he got injured, then he had a poor run, and then he was out of the team. And when he got back in for that West Ham game, he was magnificent. He was brilliant at home to Arsenal. He was brilliant away to Arsenal as well. He was great against the turn. He's just in a great vein of form right now. And when the next England squad comes out, if Curtis Jones is playing like this, outside of the fella in Madrid who's playing at at an all-world level, no English midfielder deserves to be in the England squad right now more than Curtis Jones. He has been that good, that impressive. And because he's so malleable, you can fit him into whatever role, whatever system, whatever style. He'll just adapt to it. And that's what makes him a really valuable player to us. I thought he was great again tonight. and Obviously, the, the subs are what changed it for us, but we'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd agree with that. But can I interest you in Jordan Henderson and Conor Gallagher in an England squad? Because that I mean, will be the it interests me, absolutely not. <laughs> um, you might interest some people that have either no eyeballs or, I don't know, are, are some sort of sadists. Um, but no, I mean, look, if we look, Conor Gallagher's getting a lot of credit and he's, he's playing pretty well for Chelsea. Curtis Jones is playing at a completely different level and is a much better player than Conor Gallagher. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, just sticking with you, Dave, quickly for the Fulham team. Any surprises from them for you? Um, no, I think that's pretty much the team we had picked. I think we said Tom Kearney might start instead of Harrison Reed. Kearney has been playing pretty well in, in recent appearances, but Harrison Reed is the first choice next to Paulinho, especially when they go away from home and they want kind of legs and someone who's, you know, a, a battler in there. And, and we got what we expected from them. The only real question mark that we had was, would it be Decord over Reed with his pace or would it be Harry Wilson because he has that set piece ability, the shooting ability? He went with Decord over Reed, and frankly, he, you know, he had a couple of moments where he got in behind, but he spent most of his his evening in Joe Gomez's pocket. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. So, Jim, I'll come at you for the start of the game. We did start off quite well. We pressed well in the beginning. Um, we did come into this game with a concern about a lack of creativity because we did obviously miss Moore and Trent who you'd earmark as the creators and I think Darwin might be third in our assist numbers this season I might be wrong with that um but we are missing a lot of creativity 
but certainly the press was working at the beginning um but maybe it didn't click in terms of testing the keeper yeah this is the um the, the sort of liverpool way lately that's kind of well, it starts to drive you mad a little bit, and I try and sort of look at the positive and think, oh, it's just Liverpool being patient, you know, not waiting for the right moment. But you get you have so much of the ball, you're winning it back, you're not losing it that much. Certainly not not at that stage of the game. Um, but there's just there's just you know the the other side can just basically sit back. Um, it's almost like a training exercise sometimes for the opposition because you they're just not well. They're not worrying too much about you doing anything. Leno had very little to do in the first half, um, certainly in that opening spell. And it's just the same thing that, you know, <laughs> there's enough players down there who have got creative ability in them to do something when they've got the ball that just always seems to just be looking for that extra touch, that extra pass. And I've said it a few times, you know, there's times when I wish you'd just sort of just have a shot, you know, see what happens. Um as, as happened later in the game today, in, in a lot of ways, for the opening for our opening goal, um, you've got to you've got to just you know find ways to get past them. It's um, it's a different kind of team to someone who's played this season. Like if you think against Man United, who had absolutely no intention of doing anything but defend, um, and other teams like that down that end of the table, um, Fulham are more dangerous. I think you know you sort of. Whether that's whether that's played in our minds, I don't know. The four three when we played them in the league not that long ago, um, they are a very dangerous team. They can catch you out very quickly. Um, not today, I must admit. I don't think we um, gave them too much today. I don't think Keller had a lot to do at all today. And as we've already mentioned, the goal that we'll come to was was down to a mistake. Um, but you know, with the, with the home team, we need to get some some goals in the bag. We need to try and take a, a lead into the next leg and it just feels like there's that lack of an end product. And, you know, we, we, we hear people complain about Darwin and things like that. It's just from all of them, you know, there's lots of times when they're in positions where they could just have a shot, just, just, just play the right ball through. And it just feels like it's always just that little bit, you know, just a little bit overthinking maybe. Um, but you can see, you can see it's in there. You can see they've got it. And when the confidence comes as he did later today, and as it does so often in games, um, they can do it, but there's just something about this first part of a game. And, um, you know, it's almost got to a stage now where I think we're like, uh, as a team, like we need to have a goal, we need to go a goal down to look interested properly. Um, and now that's not doing us down. I don't think we played massively badly. And I don't think Fulham are a bad team. So we were just a lot more close together, if you like, in, in that game. Um, and I think. You know, you sort of pay the price. Fifteen minutes, lots of the ball. You don't, you don't do anything with it. They score. Um, I mean, I do back this Liverpool team to come back from behind, as as they have done so many times. But you know, that's that's not the point. You know, it's much better if you can get the first goal. Yet we just seem to always just just sit back, just to be a bit too lackadaisical in our in our thinking. Yeah, Dave, what did you make of the start of the game? We obviously had um, uh, Jones had a shot from 20-odd yards out, pretty comfortable for Leno. Um, Twentorsen got caught on the ball. Um, Elliot and Bradley combined quite nicely on the right. Um, we had a good chance uh, that was combined for Diaz and Jota. Um, well, what do you make of our start? Well, first thing I need to do is correct you. Darwin is not third on the assist list. Darwin is our top assister this year. Is he? With 10 assists uh, to go with his eight goals. That's 18 goals or assists in about 1,665 minutes, which is a goal or assist every 92.5 minutes. So basically he's averaging a goal 
or an assist every single game. Mo has nine assists, Trent has eight. So Darwin is our top assister this year. Now, obviously, he's not the creator that Mo or hmm. Trent might are, have been but, big chances created or something. But yeah, yeah, though, like Mo, Mo, I think is running away with that league wide. Um, started the game. I actually thought we started quite well. I actually thought, despite the lack of obvious creativity, I I saw enough from Alexis with his ability to break the lines, Elliot with his dropping in, picking the ball up, buzzing around. You know, he was here, there, and everywhere at times. In that early stage, he was popping up on the left wing. And I thought we were starting to look quite dangerous. Jota was buzzing around. Diaz was moving into central areas. Jones was picking the ball up and and, and carrying it at them. And Gomez was getting forward on the overlap, as was Bradley on the opposite side. Bradley was actually playing quite high early on. And I thought we'd set our stall out. We were playing quite well. You mentioned a couple of half chances, I'd say, more than chances that we created. But it was just we were kind of waiting on that final ball to click. And that's been the case a number of times this season. We were just waiting on that final ball and the final ball. And unfortunately, it didn't come for us in that early stage. So we weren't able to create anything to really test Leno. Um, And unfortunately, then we get punished for it. Yeah, we do. Uh, just before we come to, come to their goal, uh, Jim, a stat popped up on screen if you did have the Sky coverage. That was Joe, I've got this as Jomez, Joe Gomez's uh, 200th <laughs> Liverpool appearance. Um, I'm kind of shocked that it's not, it's not, I'm, sh- I'm kind of shocked it's that much and it's not that much at the same time because he's been here ages, but you sometimes do forget how turgid a time he has had with injuries. But he has been here ages and when he has been fit, except maybe the last couple of years where he's had recovering from the horrendous injury, he's always been in rotation at the very least. But it's nice to see him getting consistent minutes, whether it is at fullback or centre back this season. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with his fullback or centre back. And I think you know all the way through his Liverpool career, it's been is he a fullback, is he a centre back, and he's 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 capable of doing a job in both positions. And I think what we've seen of him as a fullback in recent times, I mean, you know. He's probably the best I've seen him play um, as a fullback. He, he's he's been been excellent for most of the time, um, but yeah, I think you know during that time you think of the competition he's had in front of him, and you know when it was Trent and Robbo was the fullbacks, when it was Virgil and say Matty as, as the centre backs, it's sort of you know with all due respect, so when you've got those who are so good at that position, you're not going to fight past them if you're someone who's kind of quite good at two positions almost and I don't you know he sounds awful I'm not not doing him down but I think I think that's been um something that I think he's accepted is that he's not you know he's not a first choice member of the back four but he's someone who'll come in when needed and can do a job and I think you know he's, he's taken this chance with both hands he's um he's looking good and I think you know whether, whether left back's the right place for him you know when everyone's fit and well will he play it right back I I can see him being a sort of used at right back much more often I'd like to see him used at right back more often because I think using Trent at right back is um, in the way we do this hybrid thing just isn't working so um, I'm hoping to see you know out and out right back and I think Joe can do that we've seen it we've seen it from him he seems to have gained more confidence and he's not being 
in recent games, he's not been one of those fullbacks, and I'm not thinking of anyone who used to wear a number 23 shirt. He's not been one of those fullbacks who who looks frightened as soon as he gets near the halfway line, a fullback who's really a centre-back and doesn't want to go forward, um, as we've had in the past. He, he's shown a lot of attacking intent, and you need that to be any player in the Liverpool side, wherever you play. Um, so, yeah, 200 games, I mean... Yeah, there's still a feeling that he's sort of this young lad, he's going to break through soon, but he's been around a long time, hasn't he, as you say, but he's still, I mean, I don't know what age he is without looking it up, I'm not that good. Um, I'm, I'm saying, you know, he's still pretty young, still got a long way ahead of him, um, and he's one of the older heads in the side now, when you look at the ages of some of the players who were playing, um, said the other day when we took off a couple of players, you know, 22 and 20 year old, I think Jones and Elliot went off, didn't they, um, you know, bringing the kids on, well, we, we were taking the kids off, so we've got a very young side, so... Um, with 200 games, that's a lot of experience, regardless of your age. And um, it's good. I'm just, I'm just glad to see him. I just wish he'd score so we could stop hearing that stat every game. Nah, it's part of the trivia, you know. Not till the <laughs> Champions League final. Not till the Champions League final. He is 20. I need glasses, people. He is 26. That's 26. How old he is. Yeah. That's young Still, to me, you see. We'll call oh, him. Yeah. We'll call him Adam Lallana now. <laughs> young person jeans. Um, Dave, anything you want to add on Gomez before we get into their goal? No, I thought, thought Joe had another good game, and I, at, at one point I was just wanting him to shoot every time he got the ball. Um, I, I have no expectation that any of them are ever going to get go in, but I like the excitement that maybe they'll go in. So just keep shooting, Joe. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I'll, Dave, I'll stick with you for that goal. Um, it's really sloppy from us. It's it's kind of a, a loose throw in, but you do lose possession from the throw in every now and again. But Van Dyke, soft header backwards, we don't react yeah. too well. Bradley slips as you mentioned earlier on, and it kind of goes through Van Dyke and Kelleher, and yeah, not not great from us. I I wouldn't put any blame at all on Queeving Kelleher. I wouldn't put any blame at all on Connor Bradley. Mm-hmm. I'd only put blame on Virgil here. It's just really, really poor. It's just a really, really soft header. And then he doesn't doesn't close William down well enough and doesn't get his legs sorted, his feet sorted out. So it, it's entirely on Virgil. Like, it is entirely on Virgil. And you know with him, when he's walked into the dressing room at halftime, he's put his hand up and said, that's entirely on me because that's who he is. He's not one that will have a tantrum and look to blame somebody else. He'll have taken responsibility for that goal. And Queeving Kelleher, like, I have I have issues with Queeving. Um, I, I think he's been largely poor this season. I think he did pretty well in the, the Sheffield United game. Um, but if you look at him this season... He has faced 36 shots on target, and that's 14 goals that have gone in. So only 22 shots that he's faced on target, he has stopped from going in. And if you look at the ones tonight, the ones that didn't go in were all pretty much straight at him. Like, this is the issue with backup goalkeepers, why you rarely see the great backup goalkeeper. You get good ones and then they either leave or they become average because they don't play enough. And Queeving just hasn't played enough across his career to date. And to be honest, when you see he he doesn't really inspire huge amounts of confidence in the defense ahead of him. He doesn't save anything 
that you wouldn't expect him to save. Like, it's not like Ali or like Leno tonight where he's made a couple of saves that you just don't expect him to get to. Cuevin mm-hmm. needs to go somewhere and play and play regularly and play 35 games in a season and develop and start to grow as a goalkeeper and build his own confidence and build relationships with the defenders that play in front of him, which he just doesn't have at Liverpool because he hasn't the minutes on the pitch. And I really like I really like the guy and the fact that he's Irish as well is great because, you know, we had four Irish players on the pitch tonight, obviously, with with Cuevin, Connor Bradley, Diogo Jota has the most Irish head in the world and Alexis McAllister. <laughs> Nobody's telling me that Daffle is not from Cork. Nobody is telling me that Alexis McAllister's cousins don't line out for the Cork Hurling team. It's just not happening. But Cuevin, like, I really want to see him do well. And I think for the good of his own career, he should he should move on. But what I will say is, again, I don't think you can blame him at all for that goal. It's just that he doesn't really fill you with confidence when you're watching. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, and I think we obviously have a few young lads uh, in the goalkeeper position, 90% of them Polish, um, Michael Edwards' trademark, uh, still going strong. But you see the lads we just loaned out. I mean, Yaros is 22, if I remember correctly, so he's probably the right age to be backup keeper for maybe a year or two, and he's just gone to a decent Austrian team, I think it is. 
Uh, and Peter Luger's gone to St. Patrick's, is it? So in terms of age profile, I mean, if Kelleher does go, we could have Yaros for a year, maybe two, then Peter Luger, who would be 21 in a couple of years, if I, remember, if I think so, think correctly. So if, if we are planning on bringing them two through, mm. it probably makes sense time timeline-wise. And If the summer Kelleher moves and we can promote Yaros, who probably more experience of the two. It's, like, it's, it's such a difficult position, though, isn't it, as well, for youngsters to come through. If you've yeah. got a striker, you can bring him on for 10 minutes here and there. Or you exactly. Can, you know, goalkeepers you goalkeepers just can't don't do, do it. it. Like, only one can play. Like, that's the thing. If you've got a striker, you can bring him on for 10 minutes. You, you could stick him on the wing. Yeah. You know, you, you can find ways to get them game time. Same with, with defenders, with midfielders. You can put them in an, a position that's not necessarily the strongest just to get them some game time, some experience. You can't do it with your backup goalkeeper. And the issue with the backup goalkeeper is that they don't play for the other 21s. So, like, we could play Cuevin in the other 21s as an overage player, but we don't because we need him on the bench for the first team. So he's not playing at all. If he was, you know, if he was a, well, if he was 24 and a, an outfield player and still at the club with 25 appearances under his belt, now you'd have serious concerns. But, like, you know, you look at someone like a Bobby Clark, for example, right? Over the next year or two, he'll be in and around the first team picture, but he'll also be playing 21s games. So he'll be getting minutes. He'll be getting rep, reps in the team, gaining experience and stuff like that. Whereas it just it can't happen for the goalkeepers. But I do like the idea, Guy, of moving him on, promoting Yaros, loaning out Pitaluga. I'd probably look to bring in another, you know, experienced third keeper and let let Adrian move on down the road somewhere. The friends of the Spanish. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but if you look at it like, Cuevin and Camille Grabara appeared together at Liverpool around the same time. Mm. They're, you know, pretty much the same age. Grabara was 25 the day before yesterday. And Queeving. Happy birthday, come in. <laughs> Queeving was. Uh, it was, was 25 in November. So Queeving's actually a, a month and a half older. Camille Grubara, in his senior career, has 186 games under his belt for, for clubs. And Queeving Kelleher has 32. Case in point, when we just said how old Joe Gomez is a year older, isn't he? We just played his two yeah, old game. That's mm. the thing. And, and and think of how much football Joe Gomez missed. Mm-hmm. Joe Gomez has probably missed another 100, 120 games through injury. But he would have done because he's here since pre Klopp. Mm. So, how many games did Bobby play for us? Because Joe arrived the same summer and Joe's still here. So, like, Joe's missed a ton of football and he's still got six times more experienced than Queefing Kelleher. Hmm. But Camille Grabara has six times more experience than him as well because he got a couple of loans, AGF, Huddersfield, AGF again, and then he pushed to leave. And we had to make a decision. Are we keeping Kelleher? Are we keeping Grabara? And it seems like Grabara just pushed harder to go. And he's gone on and he's become a top goalkeeper. He's been brilliant for Copenhagen. He's got a big move already lined up to join Wolfsburg in the summer coming Mm -hmm. for 13, 14 million quid, some of which will come our direction. And I doubt that's the last move he makes either. Well, every time you watch those midweek goal shows in the Champions League, he's always 
he's yeah. always eye-catching there. I think yeah. he had man of the matches against Bayern this season, if I remember correctly. He's excellent against Bayern. He was excellent against United. Mm. Um, yeah. He's got a face I mean, mask as well, so he's going to pure a check. <laughs> 100%, do you know? But like he's been able to go and play. I don't know for certain that Cuevin Kelleher is, is better than him, but... Uh, Camille, or, or sorry, Cuevin Keller isn't more talented than him. We don't know that, but Grubera is a far better goalkeeper at this point because he's gone and played. Same thing, you look at the Irish team with, with Cuevin, like he's got 11 caps. So he's got one third the games for his national team that he does in his entire club career. But you look at Gavin Basunu, who's four years younger than him, and he's played 147 senior club games. You know, like that's why he's ahead of of Cuevin for the national team. It's why he's been able to develop. Cuevin hasn't had the chance. It, it's not his fault, but it is something that needs to be considered both by him and by the club. Even if it's just a loan, even if we just think let's loan him out for a year, then bring him back as a as you know backup keeper for a year, and then maybe sell him on or whatever. But we, we've got to let let the lad go and play games. If he goes on a good loan next season. He'd play more games in that season than he has in his entire career to date. And again, he's 25. Yeah, it's certainly strange, but I think it is important bringing it up because he's only going to have two more games left this season if, if Ali doesn't get injured again. Because it's a bit strange he doesn't get the FA Cup games, but Ali does play them for some reason. But um, yeah, it's an important discussion to have. Um, Jim, anything you wanted to add on the goal if we circle back to the... Yeah, I think you know it's just it's just um, as I said before, you know, it's the sort of here we go. Like, this is the chance for us to react now. And this, if anything, he didn't he didn't get that reaction from us that I hoped. It was um, you know, it felt like they scored and we didn't kind of react to it in the way where we normally up the th- up the game. You know, move up a gear, finally pull our fingers out. Um, we didn't do it, but yeah, I mean, goals happen in football, and although we didn't react today, it's how you react to them that matters. You know, this this happens, shit happens, and you know. As great as Virgil's been for us all his all his time all his time with us, just like as great as Ali's been all his time with us, they have these moments every so often where it doesn't quite work out. Um, I mean, Conor Bradley tried his best to try and stop them um, from getting getting a goal, um, but he, I think he realised he might have given away a pen if he'd uh, really gone for it. Um, and Virgil did actually try and get back after his initial mistake to stop him. But you know, I mean, that player that scored, you know, he's not he's not a bad player. You know, he's not as good as he has been he's not as good as maybe sometimes his height was but he's got some good skill on him hasn't he um and sometimes i think you know it's quite easy to kind of look at the negatives and why you've why you've conceded a goal and always look for the negatives you know but you know gary neville does that all the time he only looks for negatives um sometimes look at the positives and it's not positives for us but you know from a positive point of view it's a a team that can score goals it's got a lot of skill amongst it a lot of players who maybe didn't quite you know maybe would look back on the careers and think i could have done more than i did in my career but you know a lot of players with decent skill there um it's just one of those moments and um in a way we were just caught out because I would say up until then I don't know what the stats were at that point but it feels like we, we were in control of the game just not not finishing things off and um, I think the way we play this is going to happen you know and I'd rather have four threes three twos two ones than have scraped one nils in, in my you know as far as I'm concerned clean sheets are all well and good um, I just like a good win um, and I like a bit of excitement while it's happening and I think as the game goes on we did that and as, on a whole that's what Liverpool did 
mind we did enter the lull period of the game. We did have a few yeah. more opportunities, <laughs> but um, yes, it wasn't great after the goal till half time. Um, Elliot has a half chance at the back post. It was offside anyway. Uh, sadly, Andreas Pereira passed away mid-game because he got flicked in the jaw. God, he, I, I, I'd already sort of written down about him. Like he, he was trying to get someone, but before that as well, he was sort of he'd gone flying from some minor foul, and he was looking at the ref like he'd been murdered. I'm not sure how you look at someone like you've been murdered because you can't do that, can you? But anyway, he was looking at the ref in such a way, um, and all through the game, he was just trying and trying and trying. I just don't know what it is. Don't like him. Uh, don't like his attitude. So to well, speak. he did play um, for Man United. Jim. So that probably, might be why that yeah. might be it. I might have a bit of bias in me, you know, but I don't think so. He, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he was just what's the word? Gamesmanship, I think, is what the nice way that there's a nice way to put it. Shit house, yes, <laughs> uh, that's the word. Uh, <laughs> Gravenberg catches the ball before it goes out for a throw. Oh, <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, Jota catches to- uh, Torsten on the ball. Um, then Diaz probably should have played Elliot in, but he played it back to Jota. That was probably our best opportunity in that first half, off the top of my head. Um, Mark takes a free kick, was kind of shit, as were they all game. We <laughs> need Trent and Dunn back for set pieces. Um, Fulham have a half chance, Diaz gets back and defends well. Klopp nearly runs onto the pitch to jaw David Cook because he doesn't give advantage. Um, Van Dyke gives another a foul away. There was a bit. As I mentioned, David Coote was the referee, so Van Dyke second half was pretty much flawless. Didn't have loads to do, but he didn't um, get tangled up in any more silly fouls. And then one of those Gomez shots just to round off the uh, first half. Dave, any anything you want to take uh, speak about out the notes I mentioned or anything I missed there in the first half before we move on to the second? No, I think you've covered it all. Anyway, well, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? So we'll move on to the second. Um, I walked back into the room from the kitchen seeing a Grav shot replay, and then he has another one a couple of minutes later. Um, Dave, obviously, it's a player you're not overly enamoured with, and you did give him praise after the weekend because he did come on and make an impact, but I think the stats at half-time, he'd won one duel out of 11. I think they're on, they on Sam Maguire's timeline anyway, if they aren't accurate, but... Um, Grav's a weird player. He's a very weird player. That first half display is was absolutely pathetic. Like let let's just call it what it was. It was absolutely pathetic. Um he touched the ball forty three times and gave it away fourteen times. That is abysmal. Utterly abysmal. And I think at half time he was he'd won one of eight jewels. And he fit. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. One of eleven. One of eleven in jewels at halftime. And like, there's just nothing positive you can say about the way he's playing. Like, he had a good sub appearance against Arsenal. He had a good sub appearance against City. And other than that, you're going back to like September, looking for a decent performance from him. He's just been really, really poor. He doesn't seem to have any real fight in him. There's no determination. There's no drive. He He's 6'3". He plays like he's Harvey Elliott size. Gets bullied off the ball routinely. Starts getting into situations today where the ball's been played into him as we're trying to 
trying to build out from, you know, pressure situations. We're trying to play through their press. And he's trying to flick it and lay it off. His first touch was atrocious today. And like, this is this is what people warned against when we bought him. That this is the player you're getting. Yes, he's very, very talented. But there's very clearly issues. Two managers at Bayern Munich had a look at him. And within six months, both of them had said, no thanks. Don't want anything to do with this fella. And not just two scrubs. Like, not two Frank Lampard, Sean Dyche level managers. Julian Nagelsmann and Thomas Tuchel two of the best coaches in world football, they both had a look at him and thought, no, definitely not. And when Tuchel was explaining why they were letting him go, he's like, well, we play a double pivot. He can't play in a double pivot. You'd have to ask the question, why can't a six foot three midfielder play in a double pivot? Why have you decided to just get rid of him? There was more to it, obviously. He's lazy off the ball. He's poor on the ball. At times, he does certain things well. In the second half, he had one really good moment where he used his size, used his strength, drove forward, opened up the opportunity, and unfortunately just pulled his shot past the post. That's the only positive involvement he had in that game today. From a match, a match of the day player, isn't he? So if, if that was a match of the day highlights reel that was shown tonight, you know, like a 15-minute highlight, you'd see his two efforts on goal and you wouldn't see all the mistakes yeah. he made because he wouldn't bother putting that in. And it'd be, oh, he's but not a bad player. No, he's not. You know, he's, he's a match, you know, he's a YouTube player, a match of the day player. He's a TikTok that's exactly player. it. Yeah, it, short clips compiled from multiple games. But you can make anybody look. I could get someone to put together... A, 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 a reel of clips from Lazar Markovic's Liverpool career that make him look like a worldie. <laughs> like, we live in a world where Paul Pogba spent six years at United and was dog shit for the entirety of that time, bar one year. And there were still people trying to claim he was one of the best midfielders in the world. Because they were watching YouTube clips of him for France and for Juve four years before. And from that one season at United. And they were presenting this as evidence of, look how great this player is. And it was the same thing when we signed Gravenberg. People were presenting these highlight reels of him at 16 and 17 at Ajax four and five years ago. Nothing from his last year at Ajax, nothing from his year at Bayern, one or two clips maybe, but nothing substantial. Look at the player we're buying. No, that's not the player we're buying. We're buying the idea of a player that hasn't existed in two years. Now, if there's if there's one man who can get him back on board and get into his head and make him understand how good he could be, not how good he thinks he can be, but how good he could actually be. Because he is of the opinion that he's a great player. That's well known. He's, he's He bought into the hype a long time ago. But he could be a sensationally good player, just not in the manner he thinks. If he would learn to use the size, the strength, the speed he has, 
the technical ability he has and harness that in the right way. He wouldn't be the all-encompassing Paul Pogba notion that he might think he wants to be, but he could be a hell of a footballer. But he just he just doesn't seem to have it in, in his head. I, I don't know. Like He's only been at the club, what, four or five months. But there's yeah. it's not promising. It's not looking promising. And the issue for us is that if we decided after the end of this season, well, maybe we should move him on. Best of luck find, finding a buyer for him. Because if Bayern have given up on him and then we give up on him, it's going to be hard to convince anyone to give us any kind of real money. Well, he has worked with Eric Ten Hag, so there's always that. <laughs> Do you know what? There should be a rule. We should have a strict rule that if Eric Ten Hag is really interested in a player, we just don't buy them. That's very true. I, I know, remember when we were linked with Anthony? <laughs> I know. Oh God. I know <laughs> we wouldn't have Cody. But, like, that's a sacrifice I'd be okay making to just avoid all things Ten Hag because look at the money he has wasted. Yeah. I don't uh, think of it as a waste myself. Mm. <laughs> well, no, I, I think he should do more of that. Yes, yeah. yes. All the Ajax lads. Jim, coming to you, I mean, it is strange because I, I didn't watch him at Ajax other than games against us. I, I basically knew him from Football Manager when we signed him in the <laughs> summer. I won't lie, but... um. As Dave alluded, there is minerals there for a great player. Um, and it is early. He's not really had consistent football basically his whole time at Bayern. And we have been overly patient with midfielders, specifically midfielders in the past, i.e. Naby, Ox, etc. Um, so I doubt we'll cut bait with him anytime soon. But yeah, it's going to be probably a big maybe not a second half of the season probably a big summer and then start of next season for him but we do need to see more from him in the short term as well especially whilst Dom Moore and Trent are out hello I'm here to annoy you I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL index we don't just have the Anfield index stuff we've got EPL index as well which covers the entirety of the Premier League and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's the thing. I think if those weren't out and I was thinking, you know, if everyone's fit, I just can't. I'm not even sure he gets on the bench, you know, the way he's been playing. And maybe that that would be something he'd benefit from, you know, sort of, um, it's not quite the same, but, you know, when Robbo, we didn't see Robbo for months and then all of a sudden, you know, we'd managed to get him up to speed behind the scenes and out came this amazing player. Um, it feels like, you know, maybe what he needs is to not be in the limelight, not to be, you know, watched by loads of people thinking he's great because everyone claps him or he thinks they're clapping him when they're doing nothing of the sort. Um 
you know, maybe he needs a bit of time out the limelight to, to get where he is. Maybe maybe we're going to end up having to send him out on loan because I just don't think it's difficult. Like you've, you've got to you've got to balance between, you know, giving players a chance, especially younger players, giving them giving the chance to learn from mistakes. You know, they're not going to learn from mistakes until they get the chance to go make the mistakes, so to speak. So you've got to give them some of that time. But doing that, you know, you, you can only afford to do that with some players. And you've still got to kind of be seeing some sort of results from that, you know, some kind of progress. And, you know, whatever system you use to Mark Gravenberg, there's nothing on there, no graph of his in, in terms of quality is, is going up. Um, he's not improved at all since he came here. He's, you know, um, he had some good moments earlier on in the season and he's gone downhill since then. Um, he's had a couple of good moments since and moments aren't enough. So, um I'm not sure how we're going to handle it, but I do honestly think that when everyone's fit and well, he's going to struggle to get in the side. And it might be that the way to deal with that is to send him out on loan, um, which sounds mad when you paid so much for a player. Um, It's just, I mean, I'm not even sure, you know, what what role we should have him. And, you know, it's sort of, people thought at first, I can remember Dave fuming about it. People thought he was our holding midfielder that we were buying, um, you know, He's not. So what? What is he? And yeah, I mean, he's young. That's the only thing I can say for him. But I think really, if it wasn't for all the injuries, I think the best thing for him would be for him to be continuing his development out of the limelight. Because I, I like that. We, we, we haven't got the time. No, we don't. And we're in a title race. We're chasing honors, and you can't have passengers. And he is a passenger almost every time he plays. Um, like that's the thing. Like people were trying to make the argument that this guy could be our six. He played there at Ajax. No, he didn't. All you're telling me with that statement is that you didn't watch Ajax play. <laughs> Edson Alvarez was the six there, and when Gravenberch played with him, Alvarez did all the dog work, and Gravenberch did what Gravenberch does. He was. He's never been a defensive midfielder because he's hopeless defensively. The fella couldn't tackle a hot dinner. One out of 11 duels in a half of football. Like, come on. You're not going to engage yourself to the fans around Billy. Yeah. You're not going to engage yourself to the fans around Billy if you don't put your foot in now and again, you know. That's the thing. Like, that, that is the thing. And it's not just the tackles. It's the aerial things as well. I think he's won, yeah. like, like, seven aerials in, in his time at the club. Like, you're 6'3". He got out-jumped by John Fleck. We played Sheffield United. John Fleck is five foot eight. Gravenberg is the better part of a foot taller than him. It should be an extra threat at set piece, shouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Even just a body. But you watch him when we have a set piece and teams don't really care what he's doing. He just kind of ambles around the place. Do you know the other thing as well? This is not a knock against him. I was watching him sprint today and I was like he runs in a really strange way but it's like a run that I've seen before he runs kind of like Raheem Sterling (laughs) with his chest out and his head back like remember Raheem used to have that really odd kind of gait as he'd run and people used to mock him and say it was like like watching a swan run a a Jurassic Park theme music yeah (laughs) Gravenberg runs kind of the same way except Raheem is 5'7 and he's 6'3 so it just looks a bit stranger like, there is talent there. There absolutely is talent there. And the physique is there. It's just about getting into his head. And maybe Jürgen needs to take him completely away from the first team 
and lock him in a room with just, I don't know, videos of Vinnie Jones and David Batty and say, you're not getting out until you have tackled your way through the walls. Go and tackle your way through that concrete wall there, son, and then we'll put you back on the pitch. But for now, like he, he, we're short on numbers, so he's going to have to play. We just need we need so much more from him than we got tonight, and then we're getting in most games. Yeah, and the annoying thing is, as you both said, the talent is there. If we get it out of him, it'll be a mint story as well, because redemption from a once worldly thought of talent it'd be really good crap way of putting this advertisement of the club that if you were a fallen talent i'm doing air quotes for the sake of the podcast you can come here and, and rejuvenate your career etc but you do need the buy-in from the player but as i mentioned hopefully he has a big pre-season Klopp can beat him or something, or we can get Buvac back and lock him in the room, as Dave says, just make him eat roid flakes like he did with Joe Gomez back in the day. Um, but we'll move on from Gravenberg because I think that will be one that rumbles on um, as the games come thick and fast. But we certainly did improve in the second half, and I think the the, uh, the subs made the bigger chance. But we'll we'll work our way up to that. Um, Jim, I mentioned the two Gravenberg shots. Um, Elliot has a deflected shot that falls to Jota. He just couldn't get his feet right, and Castanier defends really well. Um, Pereira died again, RIP. Uh, ball hit him in the back, so he had to die. Um, uh, nice give and go with um, Grav and Jota. Jota should probably shoot earlier. I think it's where he cut in one too many times, and that's just before the sub. So we did start playing a bit more threateningly, I'd, I'd probably say, Jim, before the subs at least. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that Gravenberg's had those two chances early on shows that whatever was said at half-time, it was like, you know, try and get get your chances, you know, try and have efforts in, you know, and, and to be fair to Gravenberg, I mean, both of those efforts were, were worth a try. Um, you know, he, he probably could have done better with both of them, but, you know, um, and one of them he made himself, you know, it was a little moment of goodness from him, um, but he wasn't the owner. I mean, that that um, that Jota effort, I honestly thought he was going to get it, but it was just, he felt like he was taking off his toes, but maybe he took it off his own toes. Um, and there's also, just at this point, I think, I was seeing signs now that Fulham are looking a bit rattled now they hadn't looked rattled all game I mean there was that point where William um, he was sort of forced into giving away a corner but he was still whining about a free kick he wanted um, a while earlier um, it was just you know he was just starting to turn a little bit by this point um, Pereira as well I, you know, I've got a lot of complaints about Coop. I mean he was the guy that was the VAR when Van Dyke was crippled by uh, Pickford you know we've, there's other times we've had him as not been a great ref for us he, yes. he wasn't great today but one thing I did like he did today was when Pereira was injured he, and he shouted the physios on straight away, he made him have physios, he made him go off, he made him wait 30 seconds, which I think that is a good way to deal with that kind of acting because he was clearly play acting. So go along with it, you know, string it, string him along. Oh, I've fallen for that. You must be injured. Here come the physios and you're off the pitch for 30 seconds. Um so I did like that bit from Coop, but yeah, that that you know that was one a bit like a bit like Gravenberch really, you know, a couple of good moments out of a lot of bad ones really. In fact, I wrote at halftime, Gravenberch awful, worse than the ref who was bad. So that that sort of sums it up. Um, and to be <laughs> fair to Coop, I don't think you know, I think he probably did still just get edged by Gravenberch today. Um, but yeah, it was it was looking it was looking like we were we were really starting to 
to, to, to put things together now. We had a bit more intensity that the crowd seemed to live off that as well. Um, you know, the crowd seemed to be lifted by it. Um, there was that moment. Elliot almost found Diaz, I've written down. It was just little moments like that where it felt like it was getting closer. And, you know, these the creativity was just starting to show. And I was actually, by this point, surprised Elliot was one of the ones that went off. But I suppose, um, I suppose you have to do something. I would have thought Elliot might have moved back into midfield instead of grabbing Birch. But fair enough, we, we had to sort of do what we did. Um, it worked out in the end. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, we, we're so thin on the ground at the minute with players having those two warming up and getting ready to come on um, for all that people have been critical of both players at times this season, especially fans of other teams. Um, it really felt like getting those two ready to come on was going to send a message out and, and it did. Yeah. And the message was sent to bring them on, Dave. We brought on, um, my notes are a mess. We brought on Gakbo and Darwin for Elliot and Gravenberch. Um, this is about the 56th minute. Um, I'm not sure what formation we went to. It was like a 4-2-4, but Gomez was in midfield quite a lot. But it was it seemed to take us a little while to get used to the new setup, Dave. Yeah, very much so. We we got, I think, a little bit too complicated for about five minutes and didn't really seem to know what it was we were meant to be doing, um, other than everybody committing themselves forward and leaving gaps behind. And they... They had a couple of opportunities where they broke in behind. You know, there was one where the ball was just, it was a poor ball played across. One where De, De Cordova-Reed broke in. Virgil was getting there to make the challenge. I, I don't think he was going to do much, but he took a shot rather than trying to square the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Nigel Spackman uh, on, on commentary, and uh, Nigel Spackman has never been particularly good as a, as a pundit or commentator. Um but he came out with some belters today. It was it was very funny to listen to him. At one point in the first half, he t- he said Liverpool should probably take off Van Dyke. They have plenty of options on the bench. And the other, <laughs> the main commentator said, "Well, they've only really got Gerald Kwanzaa on the bench." And then he started going, "Oh yeah, but uh, well, they could move Joe Gomez to centre back and bring on Owen Beck." I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Owen Beck has never played for our first team in any kind of meaningful game so you know to throw him on at this point and take off our captain and best defender and you know the best player on the pitch not tonight but in general uh probably not the best idea and he had some other fucking belters but he he was very upset that de cordova reed didn't square that that cross very very upset by it yeah to be fair i think ibu was it jimenez who was at the back post i think ibu what would have overtook him if need be? So, yeah, it's a bit of bit of anything. If really, I think it's not too bad a decision to shoot. Maybe he could have tested the keep. Maybe he could have just finished it better. That's probably the main complaint. If I was a Fulham fan, um, but yeah, Jim, we we did seem to take ten minutes, fifteen minutes to get used to the new formation before we started getting Darwin and Gakpo and Jota more involved. Yeah, I mean, I, I know just after we made the changes, they had, um, well, it felt like a worrying moment because Jimenez was running towards the goal, but 
Canati just had him covered, and I think I think although him and S did manage to get across through, it was it was pretty, or, or a pass through it was pretty hopeless because of how much good work Canate had done, and um, and I think that's something important to say about today. As much as we're thinking about the attacking, because we need to go out and get a get a goal, it's that um, you know, and and considering Virgil was on a booking as well, it, it it was a good it was a good defensive display all round. I thought you know the when we're so so gung-ho if you like when we're trying so hard to score they're going to have moments where they're going to attack us and put us under pressure but I never never really felt worried I'll be honest in that second half um maybe that one I've just mentioned was one of those moments um we just you know we just we just did enough to keep them at bay um but yeah it took us a bit of a while like you say just to kind of work out what was going on and in a way it's sort of you know we, we talked about Gravenberch. He he started because um, there were no other midfielders available. So so to not start him, you'd either have to play a kid or play someone you know technically out of position. You know Gakpo isn't a midfielder, but you know he sort of you think is this what he's going to do? And I just think because we were so attack minded at this point, we perhaps didn't realise that what we're basically doing is we're playing with a lot of forwards here. At one point, it felt like it really did feel like we just had two at the back um, and even they were getting advanced a lot, you know, and it, it took us a while to sort of work out, work this out that um, we're just going for it. And the I didn't, speed didn't, of our lads... He has touched the ball for like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was. That was one of the things I would have done. To be honest, today I would have thought. I thought Diaz looked good on the right the other day against Arsenal when mm. he went over, and I would have liked to have seen that today. Um, you know, Darwin on the left, Diaz on the right. Um, let Gakpo and Jota both be central in different ways, you know. But um, what I did like today was the link up between um, between Gakpo and Nunez. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but they they, they look like two best mates. Um, just like there was a real sort of. I don't know what it is, sort of like, um, you know, sort of second, sixth sense between each other about where they're going to pass the ball and what they're going to do and what run to make. It was interesting to see that today. I've not really noticed it with those two as much as they're I did probably today. not played too much to Kevin. No, no, no. And I think, you know, this is something we can look at exploiting. I mean, we've, we've, we've got no Salah for however long. Um, let's, you know, let's give some of these things a try. Um, I don't think we're always going to play four forwards, for want of a better word, at the same time. Um, but, to me, it worked. It worked today. Um, it just took us a little bit of a time to work out what it was. And uh, I don't know if there was also a bit of an element today of people sort of getting used to Trent's playing in the centre and he wasn't there. There were times when even I was thinking, where's Trent um, in the middle, you know, in the middle of midfield? And he wasn't there. Um, but it was good to see the fullbacks playing the way they did. And as that, as that game went on, I mean, Conor Bradley just grew more and more confidence in that game. And the cameos I've seen of him up until now, I've seen a good player, you know, a good player with a lot of potential. Um, he's good at defending and he's he's got such an attack-minded and uh, an attack-minded way about him. And the other thing, he's got the bravery. He's, he looks around. He's got he's looking for things. When Gakpo was playing out wide, um, you could see Conor Bradley was more central, but he was constantly just uh, watching what was going on, watching where Cody was, just getting ready to do what he needs to do. He's he's got a lot of intelligence for such a young lad, a lot of skill, um, a lot of enthusiasm. I just don't. I hope we just can ease him into things, though. Not um, not playing too much because obviously young players, it doesn't always do them the best, does it? Yeah, but to be fair, sometimes it only takes a cameo to spark a career, doesn't it? Because that yeah. Arsenal cameo starts it and gets a good performance against Fulham, who, as we mentioned towards the start, Williams a good player. He's a very, very proven Premier League player. and a Fulham really, as well. I mean, yeah. if, 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 of all the teams to do have a cameo against, that's where Robbie Fowler kicked his career off, isn't it? Playing them in this competition. Too old, too old for me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Gerard, I'll tell you about Jack Robinson against Arsenal if you want. I'll go with that. Yeah, so it is really nice about Bradley having such a uh, promising performance because I think the world's question marks, I can't remember the game, it might have been one of the League Cup rounds where we did play some of the youngsters. I might be uh, incorrect. I think it was the Europa League game. Was it, it was the Europa League, wasn't it? I forgot we are in that horrible <laughs> competition. And I think people came away doubting and some of the young lads a bit. But Bradley, two good performances in a row. And that's all it takes. Um, Dave, coming to you before our goals. Um, handball, question mark? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. And the Anthony Robinson one. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. I think he gets unfortunate with the way the ball bounces. I think there's a spin on it, but I think it is a handball. And I think if there's VAR... I think it's given because they showed a couple of replays and on, on this, the coverage I was watching and, and there, there, there was, it was fairly, fairly clear cut. I thought, and the commentators both said it. Initially they thought that it, he'd headed it on to his heart, to his arm. Mm, that's what and I then they showed, they showed close up replays and you no, know, it, it just kind of spun and bounced up and hit his arm. So I think it is a, a fairly stonewall penalty, but, no VAR, so you know David Coote didn't have a good angle on it apparently. Um, so which means he was probably looking at it. Um, do you know who David Coote reminds me of when he when I see him making the decisions that he makes? Is it is it Snatch or is it Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels where the two boys go to rob the bookies? I think it's Snatch. They go to rob the bookies and they hire Tyrone the driver. And he reverses full pelt back into somebody. And the guy said, he said he couldn't see the car because it was behind him because it was at a funny angle. And the other fella says, it was behind you, Tyrone. When you reverse, things come from behind you. That's who David Coote reminds me of as a referee. <laughs> like he's looking at something and he's like, I can't see it. It's at a strange angle. It's right in front of you. You're just not very good at your job. And like, I don't know about you boys, but I, for one, one I'm shocked that after all the evidence that has mounted up against David Coote over the years, that he's not a good referee. And I'm, I'm actually genuinely shocked he still has a job in the Premier League. He is really, really poor. Mind, if you sacked bad referees, who'd be refereeing? 
maybe some of the referees would get their act together if some of the shit ones got sacked. Like they can't all be terrible, but they're not they're not being held to any kind of standard, so they're getting away with being poor. Yeah, when we talk about players, um, we talk about the importance of competition, don't we? You know, you don't just have one uh, really good left back. You want someone who's sort of breathing down his neck in training and might just take his place if he gets an injury so they always bring the best performances in. With referees, it's like, yeah, I don't know, you seem to get, I don't know, you get congratulated for being shit, don't you? You know, you get, you're, you're so shit that a, ma- that a manager kicks off about you and the manager gets punish- punished for daring to point out how shit you were and it feels like you're rewarded for shitness, which, you know, it's just, it's just not going to breed us good referees, is it? And I agree, it was definitely a handball. Mm. Um, it was a handball in the current way of doing things. I mean, sometimes when you hear pundits say, never a handball, it's because it wasn't a handball sort of 15 years ago. If maybe, you had the sky you coverage, know. I think he said, that would be given in Europe. I was like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't remember who the uh, core commentator was. But uh, it was uh, Sky's, like, 12-choice team. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely their reserve, reserve, reserves, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um... Jim, I'll stick with you for the first goal then. Um, deflected shot by Jones. But um, Jota, we've not really talked about so far. I mean, some stuff we mentioned he did overcomplicate. Some maybe he should have shot a bit earlier at times, etc. But um, he pressed like a demon and kept winning the ball back, even when stuff wasn't clicking too well up top. But uh, yeah, talk about Jota and the uh, deflected goal. Yeah, I mean, just before the goal as well, I think there was this, um, I just, just while I remember, there was this sort of McAllister cross shot. I don't know if it was a cross, I don't know if it was a shot, um, but the keeper tipped her over and that sort of, I think that might have been the corner that sort of eventually led to the goal, if that makes sense. It sort of, it was just a little moment of pressure. And this was only a couple of minutes after that handball that you couldn't see. Um, it was just, it was just sort of, Again, this little moment of intensity coming from us. Um, I mean, just before that, you know, there was uh, Bradley hat down right on the edge of the area. Um, still no cards at this point from Coote, apart from the one for, for Virgil. Um, but the goal, yeah, it's just... Um, Jota's just got this sort of reputation as being sort of super sub, and sometimes the reason for that is because when he comes on the pitch, there's just this this attitude he's got of just, just going looking for trouble, just going, um, just just running with the ball, just causing problems, um, which sometimes works better when you're a sub because everyone else is pretty much knackered compared to you. But the fact he was still doing this 67 minutes in says that, you know, maybe there's more to him than this secret stub tag that we've, that we've given him. Um, but I'm not sure whether Jones actually got given the goal in the end because it was deflected. Um, but, it was a it was a, a prime example of what I've talked about earlier on in the game, where, you know, have a go, you know, have an effort. I mean, don't 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 have a, an aimless shot that's obviously going to go over the bar. You know, if if you can make the goalkeeper work, if you can make a defender panic, if you can have a an effort that might hit the bar, might hit the post, might hit one of their defenders' legs. If it doesn't go in, and there's a chance it will, if it doesn't go in, there's a chance that someone's going to be around to pick up the pieces. And in a way, that's what happened with Jones. He had that effort, which, um, you know, it wasn't that speculative. I think he knows he's capable of scoring from there. Um, he backed himself to do it. And um, no no small thanks to Jota's work in the build-up. It, it was deflected in. I'm better that it would have gone in without the deflection, I don't know. But it was keeping the pressure on. And... It makes all the difference doing that. It's it's what wins games, looking, you know, keeping the pressure on, but actually trying to do something with it. And it's what we weren't doing at times in the first half. By this point in the second half, it's what we were doing pretty much every time we had the ball near the goal. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Dave, we didn't really have to wait long for the second goal. I mean, Gakpo, it's a lovely finish. It's a lovely move as well. Um, you mentioned Darwin's assist numbers earlier on in the pod. Him and Jota combine really well on the left-hand side. And it's just a, a nice flash across the... Well, not even across the box, just into into Gakpo. And it's a nice finish in the box. Who, who needs uh, the lads to create chances, eh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great finish from Cody Gakpo. And it's really well worked... Jones gets us moving, gets it to Jota, he drives, Darwin makes a really good run, times it well, Jota slides him in. I thought the first touch was actually a bit heavy, but he was actually creating the space for himself in case the defender got back. And uh, yeah, he finds Gakpo perfectly and it's a great finish. And I saw a few people say maybe the win flattered us a bit. I don't think it did. I think if you look at the stats for the second half of that game, we dominated the second half. And I, I think, you know, we were absolutely good value for for our two goals. We had 14 shots and six on target in the second half. They had two shots with one on target. So, you know, we also had um, four shots that were blocked. They had one that was blocked. We had five corners. They had one. I, I do think we really did. Once we made the subs and kind of found our feet uh, when people realized, you know what, the new shape was going to be. I do think we started to look much more like ourselves and I think we were fully, fully deserving of our win. And, you know, Darwin obviously plays a big part. Cody obviously plays a big part, but Jota played a huge part in it as well. And you, you mentioned the first goal and just how tenacious he was to keep that going. And that's the kind of assist that from Darwin that I, I, I don't like counting as an assist because all he's done is laid the ball off to somebody 20-odd yards from goal. But the second one's a real assist. It's a proper assist. He's actually created an opportunity there. And Cody finishes it brilliantly. Yeah, he absolutely does. He absolutely does. Uh, would that be the free forwards for the second leg? Because I'm getting, that's our next game, isn't it? Would it be Jota? No, we, play, we play Bournemouth next. Isn't that then, the week after? Because we have the weekend off, don't we? No, we play Bournemouth next. Then we play... Yeah, Bournemouth 21st, Fulham 24th. Fulham, and then we play Bristol or ah, Norwich so we just in the a, Cup. We have a week off, right. Yeah, we have 10 days, basically, from right. or 11 days. Right. Okay. Is that the three lads you'd pick for the forward line next time? Jota, I'd, Gakpo, Darwin? No, I, I'd start Diaz right side, Jota to the middle, and Darwin off the left, and bring Cody off the bench. Or maybe start Cody right side of midfield, but hopefully Dominic is back by then. Yeah, we can maybe really get back there, but he's... <laughs> Bit hit and miss at times. I think he's just uh, better off the bench. I think yeah. he's better off the bench. Like I didn't think he was bad today at all. Um certainly didn't think he deserved to be hauled off with Gravenberg, who, you know, should have been brought off at half time. But um I could understand the logic in taking Harvey off, but I, I just think he is better off the bench against tired defenders. Uh when there's a bit more space and the game is moving a bit more quickly end to end. I think that suits suits Harvey a bit more. So I, I'd be looking at Diaz Jota. Darwin as the front three for the Bournemouth game. No, that's fair. That is fair. Um, where are we up to? Uh, basically, not too much else happens. Obviously, Darwin forces an excellent save. There's a few other things. Bradley wins a free kick. Plays really, I think he nutmegs Paulinho. That might have just been before the goals, actually. Um, Darwin has some nice, nice footwork. Gakpo whips the ball in from the right. Good Darwin header, good save. Uh, Darwin has another shot 
And then 87th minute, Jim, that's when Darwin forces a huge save from Leno. Maybe keeping it a, a close tie because at 3 1, one foot in the final, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking this. Um, I mean, the commentary team on Sky was sort of talking about the way Liverpool were playing like it, it was the deciding match, but it, it's such an important game to get that. You know, to get that to get the job done pretty much in the first leg is a massive thing to do. I mean, you can't relax in the second leg, but you can go into it in a totally different way. And three one definitely would have done that. Whereas two one, you know, it's too close. It's it's still just that one goal, but it's better position to be in than we would than where we were at half time. Um, and yeah, it, it's true. I mean, I think if Dave's saying we will, if anyone's saying you know the the, the score line flatters us, does it? I just don't agree. I think. Um, as that game went on, the intensity from us just kept going. And if you notice, as you know, early on in the game, there were even when we were ahead, there were times when Fulham were looking to come and come and break and looking to score other goals. As that game went on, um, to me, Fulham just got to a point where they just thought we've we've just got to we've got to try and limit it to two one. You know, they were they were thinking that way. They were thinking rather limit it to two one than go to three one. And um, the their chances are going forward we were much more few and far between um, they seem to be sitting back a lot more and it, it was a sign that you know we were you know we very much had them under the caution if anything um, it, when we beat them 4-3 in the league that was a much closer game and that was probably a game where you could argue that we were lucky to win because um, it was four amazing goals against their three um, this this was different this was just Constantly, constantly looking to to create things and, and getting close. Um, Nunez um, was close with that one. I was just thinking as well, actually, we, we talked earlier about the set pieces. I know we probably didn't expect Trent to be missing. You know, we, to, we would have expected him to start today until he got injured the other day. And it's not that long ago, that game. Um, but, you know, have we gone all season without letting anybody else have a practice of taking set pieces? Because it feels like... Um, you know, it was it was McAllister getting all of them, and he wasn't. Um, they just weren't working out, and we weren't sort of switching it round. Apart from when Nunez had a go, which was a shame. But mm. you know, I, I wonder is that is that another thing to do to give Nunez some chances at set pieces? We need to we need to work on them um, because we do get them, and it, it was disappointing today. How poor most of ours were. They just weren't great. Um, by yeah, by by the by this point towards the end of the game, I think it was just. Uh, I mean, what is it? Eighty-seven minutes. I've got Bradley winning the ball. Um, it was so close. Um, it was a lovely. Bradley crossed to Darwin, which was saved. It was that one wasn't that we were just talking about. That 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 was sort of a little moment that epitomised what we were doing. That the chances were coming from all across the field. You know, there was different players getting involved in the build up to all of these chances, and um, at no point really did I feel worried at this point that we were going to concede and get it back to two-two. No, I was the same. I think this season, like Trent obviously takes most of the set pieces. Dominic has taken a bunch, he's out. Yeah. Mo has taken some, he's out. And Robbo's taken some and he's out as well. So Alexis is just sort of the fifth in line. Um we we might want to look for the sixth in line uh for the next game. But I think just on that Darwin chance, there's so just the reaction on social media is what you'd expect. Oh, a typical Darwin miss. Can we can we Actually, open our eyes and and look at what happened. It's it's a good attempt. It's a great save. Like it's a genuinely great save. If Allison makes that save for us in a game, we don't mention the fact that the striker is missed. We just bring up how brilliant our goalkeeper yeah. is. So why can't we do the same and just admit their goalkeeper has made a brilliant save? 
yes, you'd like Darwin to score from there, but he does everything right. The keeper just makes an unbelievable save. That's the be-all and end-all of it. Like we, we need to start giving goalkeepers credit for doing their side of it and not just hammering the centre-forward, be it ours or somebody else's. It's the Gary Neville disease, isn't it? Just, of course just it is. focus on the negatives, never look at the positives. Did you see the look that Darwin gave to Klopp as he was sort of running back up after that miss, yeah. um, after that save? This like... You know, there's a bit of understanding between them there, you know, as if Klopp's saying to him, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, you know. Um, and I think one of the f- first people Klopp went on to the pitch to congratulate, or one of the early ones, was Leno. You know, he went and stood and had a good chat to him. So, mm. you know, psychology-wise, the feeling is, from me, is that Klopp's totally got Darwin's back and he knows what he's doing for the team is good and that the goals are going to come as well as everything else. Exactly. I like to think that when German people get together these these days, they're just reminiscing about their favourite Franz Beckenbauer moment yeah. or something like that. So um, that's, that's what I think Jürgen and, and Leno were talking about. I know we're wrapping up, just to give some quick numbers here. Connor Bradley, 88% pass completion, two big chances created, one six of six tackles, one nine jewels. Now, that's nine of 19, which isn't great, but still, it's, it's still good. Uh, six ball recoveries. Curtis Jones, 47 out of 48 passes successful 98 percent pass completion one chance created four shots one goal and four attempted dribbles um they 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 were the two best players for us tonight i think so uh fair play um yeah i I think all in all we deserved our win and it would have been nice it was a bit more comfortable but you know we'll go again in a couple of weeks and i'd back us to go there and not lose and that's all we need to do now all we need to do now is go there and not lose and we're through I'd back us in a penalty shoe. <laughs> um, yeah, just an extra number. Um, XG wise, one 1.73 to 0.32. So I don't know where undeserving win comes from. I know it's a bit boring just doing XG. But, it was it was yeah. much lower than that, wasn't it? At half time, Liverpool. So maybe I imagine people, so. Yeah, people have just sort of looked at the half time stat and then not watched the rest of the game. Good job, just games don't end at half time. Eh? No. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be shit, <laughs> especially this season. Um, yeah, finishing up as Dave said. Uh, Dave, any plugs or last thoughts from you? Um, no, just again, like it's it's really good to see how strong the mindset of this team is. Where you know we go a goal behind, it's our own fault that we're behind, and we just continue to go at it. And we have players coming off the bench that can change the game for us. And you know we'll start getting lads back. At the moment, yeah, we're very short, but we are going to start getting lads back. Dominic will be back next. Then Robbo and Costas come back. And then two lads that, I mean, I, I, I don't know, do they actually play for us? Some Stefan Besetic fella and some lad called Alcantara. Apparently, we have them under contract. They're due back in, in February at some point. So, you know, it, it, you know, Mo will be back and Endo will be back. And we've got a lot of football left this season. So just keep enjoying it. Yeah, and Jim, same for you. Any plugs slash last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just thinking, yeah, when I was talking about Robbie Fowler before in this competition, he scored all five goals in the second leg. Um, but that was um, back in the day when second round ties involved teams like Liverpool um, and had two legs. Um, I think he scored all five goals in the second leg at Anfield after scoring one of the goals in um, in the first leg. So, you know, it's, it's the competition that can be a stepping stone. And that's, you know, maybe is the stepping stone. You sort of, 
the moment where Connor Bradley sort of announces himself to the world, we'll see. Um, it would be great to think we had another right back who could play. Um, whether it's competition for Trent, whether it's um, backup for Trent, or whether it's just to allow Trent to go and play somewhere else. Um, this competition is kind of done down. And I think, you know, what a difference now compared to a couple of years ago when we were in that Club World Championship and we had to play not just kids. I mean, we played, you know, school children, I think, in some cases, um, against Villa. And everyone made out how great Villa were that day. I mean, we was just such... Um, it was an awful way to treat the competition, really disrespectful from the EFL, I thought, at the time. You know, there should have been a way found to deal with that, but there wasn't. Um, but look at it now. Um, competition has played down, but we're one as they say one foot in the final um two one up play anything like we did today and i don't see it being a problem in the next leg um certainly if we play like we did in the second half um and you know that they've got to come at us if they want to get something out of it so it gives us the chance to be dangerous to them because um you know they, they have those moments of danger today that had us a little bit worried in the first half not madly worried um as we've seen what they can do when they played us in the league but yeah going down to their place i just think I don't want to sort of say it's a job done because it never is in football and that's the last thing you can think. But um, we can relax. We've got 10 days off, all the players at least anyway, 10 days off, league game to deal with, second leg. And I think we've got a good chance of doing it. And, you know, this month's going to be a hectic month despite that gap. Um, Quite a lot of games in this month, but at least we've not got a replay in the FA Cup. And at least, you know, we've kind of got a good start, if you like, at this halfway stage in the tie. Um, down to the bare bones though now in the squad and um, we really do need to start seeing those players come back but what I've loved is that the fact that these players have just have just kept going you know they've, they've had to go in maybe with one or two notable exceptions where you, you're sort of not happy with the performances on the whole we've seen some wonderful performances from these players who it, it must be said must be starting to feel a little bit uh, worn out with all of it now because they're not getting as much rotation as maybe they'd like um, but at the same time they just look so hungry so desperate to to go out and win a game and it's it's great to see from a Liverpool side you know we've we've complained down the years about Liverpool side that have just gone out looking like they can't be bothered and even this season I'll say we've said that but we seem to be the momentum is just going and going and going and um, we're getting faster and faster and t- towards the goals that we all want this season so um hopefully we get them and no harm in starting off with the League Cup and you know what people will be talking about this unprecedented quadruple before long if we're not careful um, which I don't think I expected myself to say that back in September so I've enjoyed that win tonight only halfway it's a big win though it's an important win um, as far as plugs are concerned if you want them I think we're going to try and do a Scouts of Tommy's this week um, try and fit one in this week um, because we've got a bit to talk about a couple of cup games Absolutely, and as you say, it'll be 10 days till the next Raw. I'm guessing Trev's back for that. I haven't looked in the Discord in a little while, but I think he might miss the Chelsea game. I think that's the one he misses. But uh, we will be back for then. We'll have pods in the meantime. So from me, Dave, Jim, and my stupid dog who's been snoring in the background and annoying me, and probably you, goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.